about hybrids? Do they exist? Do not be deceived. There are tares sown among the wheat. There is no deception so well hidden in plain sight than the agenda of the troglodyte. They aim to erase human dominion of the earth and claim it for their own abuse. What is up, everybody? Welcome back to another DadCast. We're on week three of our seven-week series. Eight, actually, but you're only getting seven. Mm-hmm. Unless you come talk to Dad. I'm your host, Timon. This is my dad. Hey. What's up? What's up? What's up, up man? What's up, man? How's it going? Long time no okay. see? Okay. Yeah. <laughs> I'm excited. This is this week. Uh, I've been waiting to talk about week three with uh, the audience. Really? I know they've been chomping out the bit. They keep on hitting me up. Dang. Left and right being like, dude, this is so great. We're so glad you're teaching us and we were never going to be good parents until we heard this course. I'm like, dude, I totally understand. Uh like all right, oh, those are the people I paid to say yeah, that to okay. you. Okay, now I got to mess up. All right, here's the here's my fake. There we go. Yeah, what you delicious terrapin? Terrapin. I'm drinking um watermelon terrapin. Watermelon terrapin. I'm drinking a Guinness. It's super good. <laughs> Again, so week three is about the definition of a family. Mm. Yeah, this is the good stuff. It's not what you think it is. Right. Because most people say, well, a family is husband, wife, kids. Yeah. But dog, dog. Pets. Right. But a family is grandma, husband, and wife. Mm-hmm. Kids are added to the family. Mm-hmm. The husband and wife must have a stable relationship with God and with them, with each other, so that the child is added to a safe um, an environment to grow up in. That's really important. So that's my definition of a family. Yeah, that makes total sense. Well, and you get into it. Mm -hmm. This one's a little bit of a shorter one. Yeah, it's it's pretty short. Yeah, we've done week one, week two. Uh, If you haven't listened to them, go back and listen to them. It probably will be labeled that. What, you know, um, also typically, again, if you haven't listened, which what are you doing starting in week three? But if you haven't listened, (laughs) let me tell you um, about. You recording this on your iPhone, about a half of this will be the content, and then the rest are questions, which yeah. flush out the whole piece yep. of it. So, yep, maybe even let probably, probably this one's probably most of it's questions, honestly, yeah. I think, yeah. So, yeah, love the questions, they're good, they really help. So, and, and the questions I have written down may not be covered in the class, yes, because people are asking stuff that I wasn't even prepared for. So, yeah, we yeah. do have show, I mean, I don't know, show notes, notes of. What you talked about, yes, sermon notes or yeah. teaching notes. So if you want those, timminspodcast at gmail dot com. Shoot me a message, get them to you. So, all right, here's the here's the week three. Cool. What is a family? Start week three here. The definition of a family. The definition of a family begins with husband and wife. Thank you for all you who are single. Appreciate you being here. Um, Take a look at Genesis 2:18. Then the Lord God said, "It is not good that the man should be alone. I will make him a helper fit for him." So God made the statement that it was not good for man to be alone. Notice how God answers this dilemma with a wife. 
not with children. Children are added later into a family that already exists. This does not diminish the value of a child. We just need to look at the pattern. God made the Garden of Eden. Adam was in the garden with God. He had purpose, provision, everything he needed. And because he had perfect communion with God, he was not lonely as people often assume. But God's plan was for Adam to multiply other humans who would duplicate and expand the Garden of Eden across the earth. Thus, it was not good for Adam to be alone. God created the perfect partner, Eve, to help Adam take care of the garden and grow a family. This was God's structure for family. First, the couple who have God's vision for the world, then children who come into a safe place, a garden, and learn about God and his vision. Please listen. The husband and wife relationship needs to be as secure as possible so that children can be safely added to it. Notice also that the biblical model is one man and one woman. Variances on this model have consequences. They will most likely weaken the outcome of the child's development. And I'm not here to discourage those who have been divorced, but you must trust the Lord to help fill in the gaps or wounds left by divorce. So I'm not condemning people that are divorced. I am from a family that's been divorced, you know, so, and God can work that out. So just, I always let people know that, you know, God's vision for marriage is not divorce, but there are a lot of people that face that. So I'm never condemning people that are in that situation. Uh, There are some things I want you to remember. First, work at keeping your marriage healthy. An unhealthy marriage will wound a child's development. Second, Be careful not to turn your focus away from your marriage and onto your children. Yes, they do need time and attention, but do not fall into the trap of a child-centered home. A child-centered home gives the child the authority to run the home and the marriage. This trains the child to become over self-important and selfish. It fosters a disregard for human authority and God's authority. These parents become married to the children, not to each other. Once the children are gone, the husband and wife relationship will become empty. In fact, it has been empty for years. On the other hand, do not fall into the trap of becoming an authoritarian home. An authoritarian home will view children as a continual burden. Children will always fail to meet the the parental uh, expectations. In fact, these parents convince themselves that their children will go on failing throughout life. Parents usually don't realize their sins until it's too late, when the children have grown up and left home. So then, when they want to reignite a lost relationship, the parents want to reignite a lost relationship with their children, so much damage has been done that the children will not respond or the adult children will only remain acquaintances at best. I've seen this pattern over and over. So let me ask some questions and then we can just, because you guys ask good questions every week, which I'm never ready for. Because <laughs> you all know this is not my uh, expertise area. You know, this isn't stuff I study. Um, okay, let me ask this. Where do children fit in the family? So that's kind of making you think back through what, what I said. Anybody want to take a gander or 
a stab at it. I won't be mean. Where do children fit in the family? Third? Okay. God. God. Marriage. Marriage, family. Okay. You're listening. All right. How do parents become married to their children? Right. By elevating them. The focus shifts. Right. Focus shifts onto the child. Which, which honestly is very hard when like your your family we had five children, your family is bigger, so my wife and I are now at the place where um our our home is empty a lot. Uh, our two younger boys still live at home. But um we're we're having to make sure that we do stuff together, <laughs> which is not bad, you know, but we've spent so many years taking care of the family that um, we're, and it's not a problem because we, we both love the Lord and God's really protected us, but we're like, oh, we probably, what should we do? <laughs> so we're in that phase where we're, we're getting back to making sure that we're, um, and then grandchildren are now entering. So we're going to be busy again, but yeah. Okay. Um, why do you think some parents view children or kids as a burden? Yeah, and you, there's no wrong answer. Puritanical. They're puritanical? Okay. Can you tell them, not disagreeing, but what do you mean by puritanical? Oh, uh, <laughs> yeah, we, we were reading, um, this, this, the, we were reading in, uh, a parenting book about American parenting, where kind of the, there's multiple groups of people uh-huh. and you can kind of see the parenting styles throughout so you got the puritans you've got the southern aristocrats you've got the quakers and you've got um what's the other one? Oh, the appellation so, so, so you've got these okay. four different types the southern aristocrats let their boys do whatever and had strict rules on their women and it Ooh. really just was weird yeah the tension was weird and there was it was a good uh uh, Quakers did a really good job gave a more holistic view of like authoritarian and permissive okay. things. Ooh, okay. um, or about like valuing a child. Valuing a child. Innocent thing. Yeah. yeah. Puritans thought the children were evil uh-huh. right away. So then they were like that's so they were very authoritarian, but also the children were evil. So you kinda of see it as yeah. like they were sinful. They gotta like beat the sin out of them. Uh-huh. Be really straight. Yeah. And then the um, Appalachian were very uh, free willed, so more, probably more permissive. <laughs> right? Yeah. So they kind of just said, I mean, you can kind of see it with the, with the, who's, the moonshine running and they don't care about the law and yep. being the haulers and doing what they want. Yeah. Um, so, anyway, I just think when you said, seem as a burden, I've thought about the Puritans where they, you know, your evil sin, live in this world of shame and guilt, and keep you in line because it's a good way to have an iron fist around them. Mm-hmm. So. Yeah, I, I would agree with that. That um, authoritarian parenting usually um, errors on the side of the, the kid. You know, they're just they're not listening to me. I'm always gonna I'm always having to punish them. They're not doing blah 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 blah. You know, it's. It's like, well, then why did you have so many kids if you think they're a burden and they're never going to own up or never going to meet your standard, which you bear, you basically break your standard all the time. Yeah, I've seen that. So, yeah, yeah. Lazare, go ahead, bud. 
So basically the puritanical people, they're like, I don't want to let my kids ever sin or make any mistakes, so they're trying to be God to their kids, kind of. Ooh. Isn't that kind of what's going on? Yeah, I'd say that's... I am not. I haven't looked at the book, Tim. Yeah, never heard of God's, like, mean. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> not very nice God. Maybe, maybe that's why I assume. Yeah, that, that's not in the study, but you know what? That brings up a good point, you guys. If... If you see God as a vengeful, wrathful father who's always mad at you, then you parent that way, um, it's, you're going to have a deformed view of God, the God who sacrificed because he loved us. You know what I mean? There's, I mean, yeah, God, God has laws and boundaries, but they're always for our protection. It's not because he enjoys punishing people. It's because he loves them. You know? So, yeah, you have a, that's, that's good. Yeah. Cool. Oh, I can see something's whirling in your mind, Darren. No? Nothing's formed yet. Nothing's formed yet. It's coming, though. Okay. Okay. Um, what happens to a child-centered home once the children leave? And then I'm going to ask that about authority. Divorce. Divorce. <laughs> Child-centered. Yeah. Kind of, yeah. I mean, I've seen that. That's what I've seen. And the, the, the people that are more permissive? You've seen that no, pattern? No, just the child's center home. Yeah. Oh, because the child is the center of the home. Yeah, and it's gone. So then yeah. it's like, what's the point of being together anymore? Like, empty yeah. nesters, and then they just... I've seen a lot of people get divorced after the children are out the home. Like, that's a pretty common thing I've seen. Yeah. So, it, you're like, oh, yeah, their life was built around the child. That's what the glue that kept them together. Yeah. Yeah. And that's a Was lot there? of pressure for the kids. I had a friend once that talked about like how that they would like go between their parents when they would fight and stuff. And like I'm not sure if that's quite a child centered home, but it's like I do think that would put undue pressure on the child mm-hmm. if they are the center. Oh yeah, because they have to work out the negotiation yeah, between the parents. I, I think uh. that doesn't necessarily have to happen. It seems, but that's yeah. my experience that I knew someone else like that's not your job, right? Yeah, that's right, yeah. Okay, how about authoritarian home? What What do you think happens after the children leave? And, and by the way, I don't have studies on this. Uh, I'm just asking questions. Children leave at 15. <laughs> <laughs> yes, they want to get out of there yeah. as soon as possible. Okay. And then they die at 18. Drugs. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I mean, metal, metal. Okay, but yeah. Yeah, I don't think it's pretty fractured. There's no relationship with the child. Right. This is on the extreme, but I've yep. seen that a lot as well. Yeah, and like I've seen where authoritarian parents want they want to re they're like, Oh shoot, I messed up, let's 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 work this out and the children are like, Yeah, whatever. I don't trust you anymore. So yeah. She's talking. She's miracling. <laughs> yeah. Any other... Uh, I got a question yeah, for you. Go can ahead, you, go ahead. Can you give us an example of someone who's married to their children? Like, what are a couple examples of that? So we can... Can you identify that? Yeah, what Yeah, so now I have to think through... Um, you can use names. I'm not... <laughs> I'm not... Exposing. Don't help us. <laughs> not exposing. Um, Pastor Kyle. <laughs> <laughs> I'm joking, I'm joking. He's joking, Pastor Kyle. Uh, uh, okay. Um, gosh, who is that? Yeah, the the one couple that um, was on me about when I was taking 
my our classes that was saying I, it was too strict. I'm, that stuff's too strict. Of course, they never took the course. But um, yeah, they ended up divorced, and and like I said, the the children that were supposedly so wonderful, you know, at least they had to get a restraining order against the child because he was pretty aggressive. Um, that's one one I can think of. I know I've, I know I've seen more. I just uh, haven't. Like, how's that? How do they marry their child? Like. How do you elevate a child above your spouse? How would that look in a, in a relationship? Well, the, it's just when their children would, they were annoying to be around, honestly. And uh, the parents thought, well, they're just, per, their personalities are exuberant or whatever. You know, they you make excuses for it. One time they were, uh, the babysitter was watching them and she came over to our house and said, I don't, I, can you help me? I can't, I can't, these kids are crazy. I can't do anything with them. I'm like, I can't get involved because they hired you as a babysitter and I am not gonna, I felt bad because I'm like, she was like, like, I, I don't know what to do. <laughs> I said, well, you gotta call the parents and have them come back home and then don't ever babysit for them again. Um, yeah. That so was, you're not you're saying it's not like it's not like a marriage, but it's just like elevating the child and giving all your attention to the child. It's not like yeah. a an unhealthy well, it is an unhealthy relationship, but it's not an unhealthy attachment. Is that what you're saying? Because like when you think of marriage, you think of like Yeah. A a bond of an attachment of some sort. You know what I mean? Right. And I'm making generalities when I say this, but um yeah, I, I I wasn't like thinking about all these. I have thought about negative examples, but I try not to keep thinking on those, you know. So I didn't come prepared for that. But it, yeah, it, so would it be this, like um, putting more response somehow pushing responsibility onto the child? Like, oh, I'm going to tell you about my day, and so then one parent tells the other child and gets emotional support from that child. Or what kind of, um, mm-hmm. just draw attention to their feeling negative emotions and then kind of push the child subconsciously to, to comfort the parent, which is the job of a parent to a child. Yeah, that, so that occurs. Roles. That occurs, yeah. There's a lot of things that occur, so I, I didn't think of all the ramifications, but basically if, like, okay, so in the marriage... The marriage is important to create a safe place for the children, and then they have to be a team, right? But what happens is if the child is never wrong, or you excuse the child when the child is in clear rebellion, so, and that's gonna create tension between the parents, and, but the child's never wrong. So, you, so the marriage and the household is being run by the child. Yeah, and I'm just saying in a very general way, but there's like all these specifics, like the one that you pointed out, that works as, as well. You know, where they're where the the child and and one parent are are talking on a level what the the married the spouses are supposed to be as a team, not against you're a team for your family, not against your family. But if like if if you're really um, attached to this one child and you tell them everything, but you're not telling your wife 
Yeah, that's not, that's not, that's, that's, that's centered now. Yeah. Just, okay. And that's not good. Yeah. So there's, there's all these iterate, everything I have is, uh, that I say, you could spend, you know, an hour on each little section and have all these iterations on, you know, what I'm talking about. Cause I've made it so general and so, um, kind of real surface, you know, cause I didn't want to get real deep into stuff. Plus, like I said, it's not my, uh, this is not what I'm great at. <laughs> But people are asking, you know, hey, can you help us out? So, so I'm, I'm at a disadvantage when I'm teaching this, honestly. So, yeah. Would another example be like, Allison and I are talking, and then the child comes up, and then she's telling me something. I ignore her and focus on the child. Yes. Would be another way of like. Yes. <laughs> and there's a way for a child to to. Uh, politely interrupt a conversation which that's uh, in a week or a couple weeks from now I, I i have a week where we have all these like i don't know 10 different little behaviors that you can help train into a child to help those kind of situations where a child because a child might need attention on something but there's a way for them to interrupt adult conversation uh, um, and not be in other words they're not um they're still going to be taken care of but they're not ruling the roost is, you know what I mean? So like when, in Timmons situation, he's like, well, if you just stop it, you're, let's say Allison's right in the middle of telling you something very important. And then you just like, uh, you're not important right now. I'm going to take care of the child. And the child wants to, you know, do a coloring book. Well, that's okay, but maybe <laughs> that's not the appropriate time. Yeah. So then that's, yeah, you're married to the child, I guess, in a way. Yeah, I'm kind of grasping for. Allison, were you going to say something? Yeah, or you were? Uh, yeah. Think about like you, a unified front. Um, where does that? Uh, what do you think about that idea? Or where does it work and where does it fall apart? Like if a parent, mm-hmm. if two parents have that theory of like having a unified front in front of the child, as if you're always on the same page with the other parent. Yeah. Or, well, you do want to be on the same page. That's uh, I've never heard unified front, but I understand that. Yeah, you want to be on the same page because you're the husband and wife are a team because they're they're older. They've been through more years of experience, so they're guiding the family. So you don't want uh, ch- children. Uh, they'll <laughs> they'll find the the parent that's easier to get things from, and they'll work on that parent. <laughs> uh, they'll they'll. Um, because they know they'll get what they want from that parent and the other one might be a little bit harder to get things from. So see, you, you, as a team, you have to not allow that to happen. It, I mean, I'm sure it's going to happen to some, you know, it's going to happen a little bit, but you want to be on the same team. So let's say you and Timon, like let's say Timon really wants to eat dinner at five and that's kind of his thing. Now you can't find scripture anywhere where it says to do that, but... But let's say your your child wants to have snacks at quarter to five. And <laughs> you're like, well, we really need to eat at five. This is what dad wants to do. And so you speak, you stay as a team, you know, because that's going to ruin their supper, right? You know what I mean? I don't know. That's, that's kind of like a lame example. But so, yeah, you want to have a unified front, but but not a unified front against your children. It's not about being against them. It's about um, you guys um, being the authority, the loving authority. And have I answered that very well? Like, on, the, on the team 
Is there a way to do that? Like pull the kids in on the family goals? Yeah, yeah. I, I think as they get older. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Did we talk about the three phases? No, we haven't done that yet, have we? Mm-hmm. Three phases of... Mm-hmm. Okay. So you guys are always asking questions that are ahead, but yeah. Um, a, a, a two-year-old, you know, they're not going to understand family goals or whatever, you know. But uh, the mid-teens, you know, boy, they can understand what your fa- family identity is and what you're, what you're about. Yeah. That's good. And with the unified front, is that almost, um, even if you both disagree on supper time, but then you reach a decision for a time, it's not like if the child were to go to the parent and be like, hey, can we eat supper this time? It's not, your dad says this, but I kind of say this, but we're going with this. It's, this is the decision we reached. Is that kind I feel of, like that's a healthy way to yeah. do it. Because that's okay. we've seen it also where two parents trying to be unified doesn't ever model conflict resolution for the kids. Mm-hmm. So like, maybe the kids need a chance to see healthy disagreement happening. Uh-huh. Yeah, I think that's okay. Yeah. yeah. Like, yeah, dad really wants it at five. We're going to, until we figure something else out, that's what we're going to do. That's not, that's, that's healthy. That's not, a two-year-old won't understand that, except that, yeah, we're going to eat at five. But uh, a 12-year-old could understand that. And I think that's okay. <clears throat> See, there are phases to, to parenting, you know, mm-hmm. so. Because you could yeah. kind of be like, well, dad wants to eat at five. You like kind of say, like, <laughs> mm-hmm. kind of put the blame on that person. I feel like that's easy. Yeah. To have. We've done, I've done it. I've, front, but it's because of dad that we're doing this. <laughs> Des is like, dad, you have. I've blamed. I've blamed. You know that. Yeah. When, whenever, uh, when one of these weeks when I leave and you guys can ask the kids, Des has already said, I got one for the time. I'm like, oh, like, oh man, be Just, nice uh, to me. Going back in my memory, collecting all the dirt. <laughs> like, oh, I'm going to bring this up and I'm going to bring this up. <laughs> Finally, I've been waiting for this moment. <laughs> <laughs> I have had, I've, had, I've had to ask my kids for forgiveness. You know, I was too harsh on something or I just let something go that I should have been more disciplined on, you know. And, but... My kids have always forgiven me, I think. <laughs> He's always forgiven me. Yeah. I think Seth. two things that have come to mind. One thing is like you were kind of struggling to think of like examples. And I think what came to mind was part of that is when priorities are in the wrong order, it's not like there's a, a standard to deceit. There's like, mm. there's a, there's a, God is the standard, but then once you get into perversion, it's like, it's all perverted. It's not going to like, line up in this perfect like opposite of God it is all in complete opposition to God but it's it's not always going to be there's going to be contradictions in itself because like that's the whole thing is perverted and contradicts and all these things it's Mm -hmm. it's just that it's out of priority then the other thing was with uh, what was it the joint front oh the united front united front like, I think sometimes people think it has to be, you either pretend you disagree on everything or you like do the blaming thing where it's like you don't, it's not a one or the other. Mm-hmm. And sometimes it'll fall into one or the other. Mm-hmm. But like it can't actually be that, 
like you can honestly say, like, oh, we're, gonna, we're eating at five o'clock and it doesn't have to be about any of that other stuff. Right. I, I, I'm glad you brought that up because United Front is, so Allison brought that up. <laughs> but I like that idea that, yeah, you want to be united, but you can also mm-hmm. say, um, I agree with dad right now. We're going to do it at five, but I I think maybe we might, maybe we can see if we can change that. Now that's not blaming the other person or, or that, but that's a healthy thing to show that you're, you know, you're working on stuff, mm-hmm. but you're working together and guiding the family. Whereas the child doesn't say, well, we're going to eat at four, 445. Oh, okay. Yeah. And then both parents yeah. kowtow to whatever. Yeah. Yeah, I was at, okay, this, 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 okay, I just thought of a, an example of that happened only two weeks ago. So I was at uh, Jayco, that's, I do a lot of work there on RVs, and um, I went into this RV to fix, I, I fixed vinyl, so I was going to uh, fix something on the sofa, and I was working in there, and then the, um, the, the lady that is the service lady that coordinates who works on it and stuff, she, she came and talked to me, and she said, have the have the owners come to this RV? It was a service center, so she said, "Have the owners come here yet?" And I said, "No." And they were out eating lunch or whatever. And she said, "Just if they come while you're working on this sofa, fixing the the rip in the sofa, just let me know. Text me. I'll come and try to get them out of here because they are the hardest people to deal with." And I said, "Oh, really? What's going on?" And she said, "Well, their 12 year old daughter is." Uh, She's the snottiest little thing. <laughs> she said the parents were um, going through a sheet of things that had to be fixed on this RV, right? And so the parents are not happy because the RV needs to be fixed. That always happens, right? And the, the service lady, it's not her fault. She's trying to coordinate people to fix the RV. So they're, they're looking over this document that has certain things that have to be um, looked at. And the 12-year-old girl pulled the document out of the service lady's hand, pulled it out, and she started reading it. She said, well, you need to do this, and I want this done, and you guys are responsible for this. And going down, reading the checklist, and the service lady is, first of all, you want to be kind to people that are servicing you because they're going to help you. If you're, but if you're a snot, I'll tell you what, they'll only do the minimum. <laughs> But anyways, just for a 12-year-old girl to pull that uh, sheet out of the service lady's hand and start saying, well, you need to do this and this and this. And like, well, you are not the owner of this RV. Your parents are. And you don't tell me what to do. And I can make your life hell if I want to, basically. I mean, she didn't say that, but you know that's what she's thinking. So, and then the parents just stood there and let the little girl talk down to a grown-up. So, and she's probably seen her parents do that to other people, maybe. But the fact that the parents didn't say anything, just let her take care of it. It's like, well, do they ever pay the or bills? Allow and, you know, their child to be that disrespectful yeah. to somebody who's servicing. Right. Yeah, I packed up my stuff and I was leaving, and they were walking in. And I'm like, ooh, I'm glad I missed that. I didn't want. <laughs> And the cool thing is I don't work for Jaco, so I could say whatever I want. I, <laughs> I could have put her in her place, but I wouldn't care. Okay, so, that. Yeah, that would have been... But I was just like, I don't want to deal with this little girl anyway. So there's a, there's a, there's a child-centered 
family right there. Yeah. So, okay, I have a, I have a practical thing down at the bottom there. You see a practical application. Okay, you guys that don't have wives, okay, that's okay. You don't have to implement this, all right? <laughs> uh, this is a really, this is a good one. Uh, this is something my wife and I have not done for a while, so, I've, so I'm teaching you something that um, uh, we don't do anymore since our children have gotten older. So um, just to let you know, I, I probably should be doing this, what I call couch time. So... A practical application for this week is implementing something called couch time. Pick a time of the day, probably after work, when you and your spouse can sit down for just five or ten minutes to discuss your day. Don't allow your children to interrupt. This may take several weeks of training, especially if kids are used to, you know, Daddy, Daddy, do this now. No, no, no. Um, so it might take several weeks of training, but it will pay off. This does a couple of things. It will help your children see that your relationship is strong, that your relationship is important, and that your relationship is secure. It also sets good authority and leadership where it belongs with the parents. So having a couch time, like, you know, you come home from work and how was your day? You know, whatever. Okay. And the wife might have some, hey, there's a few things that you might need to talk to the kids about where you're, all you're doing is just going over a few things of the day and just connecting with each other before you go into supper and doing all the other, you know, taking care of the kids or whatever. But it's like um, information for the day, if that makes sense. But um, it does help the kids see that the marriage is, if if the marriage is secure, kids operate just a lot better. They, They know that mom and dad are okay. You know, now they're like I said. If they're not used to that, they may want to uh, um, interrupt you all the time. But you have to train them. Oh, well, give me five minutes. I'm gonna take care of everything you need. But right now, this is mom and dad. So it it isn't mean. It's just showing. You know, that um, headquarters is taking care of stuff. You know, if that makes sense. I feel like so, that would probably help too with like, because I've seen people, you know, if I'm talking to another adult and their kid runs up and starts talking in the middle of it, you know, like mm-hmm. that can show that like you'll get back to the kids. They're important, but right now they're having an adult conversation right? that they don't want to be interrupted. So it could show to like have the kids practicing self-control, right. not interrupting the adults. Yeah. And you guys know that they grew up with something I call the interrupt rule. So we, we have, we'll, we'll talk about that later, but there, there's a, uh, you guys remember that probably the interrupt, the interrupt rule. It's so the child can interrupt, but do it, um, uh, in a respectful way. So, so the couch time is like where mom and dad direct what's going to happen the rest of the evening. And, you know, and like I said, if a child knows that this one ministry that we, uh, that, uh, did the um, parenting program they did a school like a co-op kind of thing like what you guys were in when you were younger or were you in that Lazare maybe not there was a there was a homeschool co-op yeah yeah Friday school we called it anyways this this ministry uh, did um, a co-op and they had they required all the parents to do couch time you know every day you know just five minutes and all the kids that had um, ADD 
um, were able to, what was it? A hundred percent of the kit, because kit, some kids have ADD and our culture usually throws um, red linen or what, what is, whatever. They, there's a drug that they throw at to, to help Adderall. So every kid that was quote ADD after about three months didn't, wasn't ADD anymore because their parents, they saw that their parents were um, actually on board with each other. It brought security to the, to the family. Very interesting. Now I, I can't prove that it's what the, the person doing this ministry said. And I, I'm not sure how many couples I, I don't know it was 50 or hundred, but it was significant enough that they are like, wow, we saw a real difference between the kids that were supposed to be getting Adderall because of ADD actually over time got better, didn't need it anymore. So, so how can I fix that in post? <laughs> in post? <laughs> Start doing your couch time. <laughs> yeah. And also, um, towards the end of the day, um, whoever's getting home from work, that's, that's a big gear-switching time. And if you unite right before that, that seems like a great time to have that intentional relationship right. time. Because also that's really affecting the rest of the day for the children. Yeah. Yeah, that's good. So it's a it's a good thing if if you can implement it. So, um, yeah, my wife and I worked on it. It was really it was good because you know um, there's just the stuff. You, what if you come in from work and you're ticked at what happened at work? Well, this gives you a chance to wait. Oh, I'm at home. Let's leave that now. Let's talk to my wife about what's going on. What are the needs of the kids? I don't know. It's just, it's. Or maybe you had a great day, but she didn't. Yeah. Process while you're ticked. Yeah. And get it out. Right. And then you're not ticked. Anymore. Or maybe you had a great day, and maybe your wife didn't. You know. But yeah, it's it's just reorienting. So it, it's not. Yeah, I can't find it in scripture anywhere. It's just a. It was a real practical tool for us. So. I'm not sure to have that couch. <laughs> <laughs> Monty Python. <laughs> yeah. You need more questions? Okay. Yeah, I'll stop it here, but we can keep going. Wow, what a good sermon! Thank you, Dad, for going through and <laughs> sermon. Not gonna. Yeah. What, what a great teaching! Wow, Thanks. what a great teaching! Thank you so much for getting through that and uh, teaching us all those fun things. Mm-hmm. Yeah, um, like I said, week three we'll have week four in a couple weeks, possibly at least within the month. You'll hear that, and uh, can't wait to hear what that's about. And if you want sermon notes, Timmins Podcast at gmail dot com. Yep. Anything else you want to say? No. I see my I see mom driving in with groceries. Okay. So Let's wrap it up, help guys. Her out. <laughs> yeah. All right. Uh, hey, just like you said, family is you and mom. I'm just adding to the mix. So <laughs> I go help your wife out. All right. Keep that family strong. That's right. All right, guys. Thanks so much for listening. Peace. Peace out.
There is no deception so well hidden in plain sight than the agenda of the troglodyte. They aim to erase human dominion of the earth and claim it for their own.